0: All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, February 28th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing
1: it live in studio. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat, also in studio. Listeners, want to be O boys, want to be O girls, want to be O people. people. This is the first time that Clayton and I have been back recording in the BO Boys studio since March of 2020. We're back. It's an undisclosed location. We'll never tell you where the studio is, but be reassured, it exists and we are inside of it. We're inside of it. We're
0: distanced. There's a there's a spit guard between us, I guess. Is that what that is?
1: It is a spit guard. I mean, we both have we've taken up spitting as 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 big uh pastimes in the past two years. We've mm-hmm. gotten really good at it. So this the studio now comes with a spit guard to to block and preserve the spit that we send Absolutely. each other's way. And the last time we were in the studio, Clayton, March of twenty twenty, I do think the the movie that came out two years ago today that we would have talked about was "Call of the Wild with mm-hmm. Harrison Ford. I think that was one of our last in studio episodes. And, uh, I'm sure we predicted it accurately, and we analyzed it perfectly afterwards, absolutely. Um, but we have this is not march twenty twenty anymore. No. We are. At the very end, we were basically in March 2022, and we're back in studio, and we have some big movies to preview. I mean, listen, this episode, we are going to be talking the opening weekend of the Batman predictions. We're going to be predicting what it's going to do this weekend. We're also going to be looking back at this past weekend, the big holds for Uncharted and for Dog, and the opening weekend of Studio 666. We're also going to be announcing a huge contest at the end of the show. Everyone stick around because we have got a huge opportunity for all of you. It's going to be a contest. We're going to tell you how you enter, how you win. Huge, huge prize. So stick around to the end of that. But Clayton, are you ready for our first in-studio plow in two years? And I am. And because of being back in the
0: studio – Movies being back, mm-hmm. we're going full top ten. Wow, which we rarely have done since we were in the studio two two odd years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the the past two years we the plow had been reduced to a five because for a long time there were almost no movies out. We we're you know it was uh, basically nothing out for about a year. Then the last year it's been the the product has been sporadic, and now. There are just so many movies. Yeah, you got to plow 10, like the old days, Clayton. So let's start with number one, Uncharted,
0: $23.2 million, down only 47%. It is at $83.3 million in its second weekend. Number two, Dog, $10.1 million, down only 32%, added 150 theaters, It is at $30.8 million in its second weekend. Number three, Spider-Man No Way Home, $5.7 million, down 23%, added 46 theaters. It is at $779.8 million in its 11th frame. Number four, Death on the Nile, $4.5 million, down 31%, added 140 theaters, It's at 32.7 in its third weekend. Number five, Jackass Forever, $3.1 million, down 39%, lost 158 theaters, but it's at $52 million in its fourth weekend. Number six, Sing 2, $2.1 million, down 26%, lost 94 theaters, it's at $151 million in its 10th frame. Number seven, Marry Me, $1.8 million, down 50%, lost 533 theaters, it's at $20 million in its third weekend. Number eight, a newbie, Studio 666, $1.5 million, oof. Number nine, Cyrano, $1.4 million, oof. Number 10. Scream, $1.3 million, down 31%, lost 341 theaters. It's at $79.2
1: million in its seventh weekend. That is your top 10. Wow. And that, you know, before you did the 10, I was thinking in the back of my head, should we do 10? Is it really worth it? Is this 10 going to be worth going all the way with? And then as you plowed and I listened it hit me. Of course it was worth it. it we had to go 10. The, the, the movies are back. There, we, are, there are enough movies to plow to 10 at this point. And the theatrical industry needs to feel proud about that. And we could have even gone to 11 because The Godfather, the 50th
0: anniversary of The Godfather, there was a re-release. That made $900,000 in 156 theaters. Wow. And its per theater average
1: was 5769 bucks. Wow. So the, is that the highest per screen average in the in the top 10 top 11 this it week? It is. It wow.
0: nudges out uncharted by around
1: $300. Wow. John Corleone still a movie star. So yep. I mean, to me right off the bat, the big takeaways from this are the incredible Holds that we got in—I mean, in the top three. But look at those those second week uh, releases for Uncharted and Dog, especially Dog. That is in insane holds. Mm-hmm. Dog making ten million at second week. It—that's a movie that I think a lot of predictions were it maybe you'll get to ten million in its first weekend. Yeah, uh, and it's at thirty right now already. I mean, this is, you know, uh, we keep talking Lost City, Lost City, Lost City, but if Lost City ends up being a hit, coming off a dog, Channing Tatum is, I mean, he is cementing himself as a movie star this this, this season. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what happens with Lost City, but dog is such a feather in his movie star cap because the dog, I'm sure, I haven't seen the movie. You saw the film. I did. Is the dog itself a movie star? I don't believe so. I feel like
0: this will be its only work. Okay. But I
1: do think that it did well for what it needed to do. But not a star. This is not – and this dog that I'm about to mention was never a movie star, but it was a star. This is not Eddie from Frasier. No. Although I do believe Eddie did do some movies. Yeah. He must have. He must have been – I can't think of a big, big movie. I mean I feel like – He's mainly known as a dog from Fraser, but th- that dog was a star. The dog from dog is not that dog, is not Hooch. No. Well, who was the dog in The Artist? Oh, that might have been a Fra- – could it have been the Frasier dog? I feel like it was like a relative. The thing with dogs is is like with Lassie, they count the descendants as the same dog often. Absolutely. What is the name of that dog again? Eddie, Eddie the dog from Frasier? Okay. Let me um, just say, I I do think that happens a lot with dog lineage, where where if you're related to a dog, you're all the same dog, at least for uh, uh, IMDb purposes,
0: and and probably tax purposes as well. Right. He was in my dog
1: Skip. Okay. So yeah. so not as I mean that's it's a Ted Danson situation. That dog's a TV star, not a movie star. Oh, actually, that was m- Moose. Okay. Is Moose the same? I mean, we're going down. We're a, going down a real dog hole. I I guess what I'm saying. Yes. Here is, oh,
0: sorry. Moose mm-hmm. played Eddie on Frasier. Okay. So Moose w- was in My Dog Skip. He was in. He was in movies. Yeah. He was in one movie, My Dog Skip.
1: Right. So that dog was a TV star, not a movie star. But the dog from Dog is not going to be a movie star. That dog is not the reason that dog is doing such an overperformance. It is Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So that is such a great hold, but Uncharted,
0: dropping only 47%. Incredible. Now, most big movies that we've seen have dropped in the 60s. Yeah. High 50s. Yeah. 47 for this movie is spectacular. Yeah,
1: because any movie basically since... Whatever we always say post pandemic, but since the the movies came back a year ago, anything that opened up big at number one, even if they've legged out long term, always drop 55 to 60%. You know, we saw that from the beginning your Black Widows, your F9s, your Jungle Cruises, on and on and on, your Venoms, none of them have holds. That are 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 anywhere close to what Uncharted just did. Mm-hmm. You know, Uncharted opened up a four-day of fifty million dollars. Fifty-one, yeah. So to have start that high and to have such a good hold, it really shows. And we saw this. Listen, we're not critics, but we saw this film last night, and I think we we're both on the same page. I loved it. I loved it as well. Yes. And it is. You see this movie and you understand. Why it held so well, because it's it's got everything you want, and it's got a movie star at the top of his game in Tom Holland. Yes, and we were talking in previous episodes, let's not
0: crown Tom Holland as a star yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was saying he's a burgeoning star. You know, I did a little research, mm-hmm. and uh, we're oldsters.
1: Yes. We admit it openly. Right. But and, again, for the purpose of box office, anyone who is basically 31 years or older is an old star. Absolutely, yes. And and they need to come to grips with
0: that. Yes. But the youngsters love Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that, but now I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing that he has the opportunity to become a sort of star that we have not seen in a very long time. Yes, yeah, i, I mean, He's only 25, mm-hmm. which is very young for stars. Because you look at someone like Ryan Reynolds, who he just had Free Guy, which was a big, big original IP film, mm-hmm. which I look at these two kind of peas in a pod because even though Uncharted is a video game IP, it's not superheroes. Exactly. Anything big that's not superheroes is is it Feels more original. Yes,
1: yes. If it's not superheroes or Star Wars, I'm basically at this point saying it's a it's original IP.
0: Yeah. So those both were just good, old fashioned, and by old fashioned we mean '90s and 2000s. Mm-hmm. Just rip roaring, fun. Not like Free Guy wasn't globetrotting. Uncharted was globetrotting, but just you had charismatic people doing fun, adventurous things mm-hmm. and being funny but also fighting and being tough right? in a way that you
1: could still be worried for their safety because right. they were not invincible. Right. They're not superhero gods from another planet with capes on.
0: And we were saying, okay, Ryan Reynolds, he had Deadpool. Now he has Free Guy. This really is cementing him as a guy who can, is a star. Yes. And it took him a very long time. He's in his early 40s or early to mid 40s. Yes. Tom Holland's 25. Yeah. That gives him so much time. To do so many interesting things. Yes. And after seeing how funny he is, charismatic he is, acrobatic he is in this film.
1: And let's just say it, and how buff he is. He's so ripped. He's ripped. I mean— The movie was rip-roaring, and his abs are rip-roaring. I feel like the sky is the limit for this guy. Yeah. And I haven't felt that way about a young star in a very long time. Because if you look at the last 10 to 15 years of stars, quote-unquote stars— that the MCU machine has pumped out. All of the Chrises, your Robert Downey Juniors, etc. they are all old. They start old and they end older. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chrises are all, at this point, in their what, 40s? 40s, yes. You know, this—Holland is the first new star, I would say, since J-Law, where we have had mm-hmm. someone minted as a movie star with multiple hits— and they are in their early to mid 20s. That's a great analogy. Yeah. And I would say J Law is still a star. She's, you know, Don't Look Up was a success for her in the sense that I got the Oscar nom nom, all that. She needs to still have a box office hit in this comeback. I think she'll do it. But Holland is, I think, the first one we've had since J Law to be that young star that connects with young people. And more so for him because. It's the Leo factor of teenage girls and tweens. They they are in love with him. He is a hot guy who is very safe seeming, non threatening. Not and it's it's the. I mean that is exactly where you want to be. You want listen. You want to be Leo in the nineties. You want to be the pretty boy. Mm Hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean it's and this is nothing against. I don't want to pile on the Chris's. No. But none of them are non threatening. None of them are threatening in a way that's. I mean, we're not talking Willem Dafoe, right, right. But they're not non-threatening in a way that a 13-year-old girl would be. Like, I could be somewhere with this person and not feel nervous. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, other than you know, they would have butterflies because they might have a crush, right? But they would know that it's not anything. It's just pinup stuff. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Holland. Holland is in that that perfect spot, and it really is showing in in the uh, Uncharted performance. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a a Leo-style hold in that that audience is probably coming back to see him a second time. I mean, you look at these teeny bopper girls, probably have seen Tom Holland movies between Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Uncharted. There's probably some of them that have gone like, 10 or 12 times in the last couple of months to see a Tom Holland movie. Mm-hmm. Just over and over again. And and that ta- that is star power because that's what you need to hit that next level of box office is you need to have people coming back to see you over and over again. They don't even care about the movie. They just, uh, give me a ticket to see Tom Holland. And that was what happened. I mentioned this a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. was
0: the Leo, Titanic, Man in the Iron Mask, one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Because that film came out while, t- while Titanic was still riding high, being number one forever. Mm-hmm. And that was not a well-liked movie. It was not a well-reviewed movie, but it still did well mm-hmm. because he was in it. And they had seen Titanic a thousand times at that point, so they wanted a little bit of different Leo. They probably went back and forth between the two. Mm-hmm. The thing with this film is that this is a much better film than Man in the Iron Mask?
1: Yes, Uncharted, and Uncharted is a big, big movie. Yes, Man in the Iron Mask was, I guess, big-ish for the '90s because things weren't as big then. But it, it definitely wasn't positioned as as big of a movie as Uncharted. When he broke in, uh, broke out in Titanic, the producers of
0: Man in the Iron Mask were like, "Kaching." Yes. And previous to that, they thought, oh, maybe we'll do okay for Lucky. Right, right. So we're very high on him. I think this thing, I mean, even though the Batman's coming out next weekend, I I still see Uncharted holding Mm -hmm. because the tone of it is so much funner and lighter Mm -hmm. than Robert Pattinson, who is a heartthrob that never hit Mm -hmm. commercially. Well, since since the Twilight movies. Since the Twilight, yeah, absolutely, since the Twilight movies. And it's so dark. Yes. And it's it's so goth. Right. And we still might be in cold weather. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be really tough to go in and see this dark, dark thing if you're a young kid. You might want to go see Uncharted because it's doing really well at the box office.
1: And good word of mouth. Right. And and I think specifically for the young female audience, Uncharted is still going to be a huge pick next week. Absolutely. You know, because to them, patents is old news. patents is old and scary. Tom Holland is, is their guy. Let's go see Holland again. They're not even going to say, let's go see Uncharted. Let's go see Holland again. Exactly. So the thing with Holland, too, is
0: that he had the young ladies before. Mm-hmm. And he has young men in a way that wasn't expected either. Right. And that's big. You've got to have them both.
1: Right. And once again, the beneficiary of all this young love is Mark Wahlberg. Because, mm-hmm. you know, unlike Man in the Iron Mask, in that movie, Leo played the two leads. And so there was no one who really got to uh, uh, soak in the love that Leo was bringing in. But Wahlberg, he's getting, he's getting to siphon off that love that, that Tom Holland's bringing into the box office.
0: And I think we talked about this off mic in the in the hallway. Right, which we should never do. But, but sometimes we can't help you ourselves. you got to kill we, time. We had, when we had just seen the movie, yeah. that Wahlberg is a guy that young people have grown up with. Yes. Because they were very little when they saw the Daddy's Home films mm-hmm. or Instant Family. Mm-hmm. And they saw Mark Wahlberg. And now, when they're a little bit older, they want a little bit more edgy, mm-hmm. more action adventure, like uncharted. Mm-hmm. They're seeing him in that film, and they're thinking, "Oh,
1: Daddy's home, yes, yes, yeah. so if you're if you're a youngster, uncharted is thrilling, but it also is nice and safe because you've got Mark Wahlberg, so you got Daddy in the movie. you got your crush in the movie or or you know, or or you've got your. Guy that you look up to, whatever it is. But Wahlberg being in there is a nice, he's become a safe presence, you mm-hmm. know, because these kids, they don't know him from the departed. They definitely know him from the roller coaster scene in fear. They don't know no, any of that. No. They just know him as daddy from daddy's home. Absolutely. He's one of the daddies.
0: Yes. One of the many daddies. Yeah. So let's talk about this top five, which I nailed. Mm-hmm. I've been on you a bit of it. a hot streak. Yeah. The past three weekends, I've been at least, I've been dead on or had one flip-flop, which Mm -hmm. was the Spider-Man Death in the Nile, I believe I had, Death in the Nile above Mm Spider-Man. You, famously, had a little movie called Studio 666
1: Mm -hmm. in your top five. I thought, I, I did predict it would open number four and it opened at number... Eight. Number eight. So I I thought it may hit five million and it hit what one point one point eight okay so here here are some things it did open in less screens than uh uh than the information that had been out there last week because the information we had was it would open in around twenty three hundred screens and it opened in how many according to the numbers oh twenty three oh six okay so then. It did, I, I Nice thought. try, though. Nice try. You have, to, you have to try. Yeah. I mean, I think that what you have to put this on, Studio 666 opened low, and it all comes down to, unlike Channing Tatum, unlike Tom Holland, Dave Grohl, and it pains me to say it because I love him as a rock star, but he's not a movie star. Absolutely And not. the question has been answered. It had to be asked, is Dave Grohl a movie star? You know, this movie had to pose that question. And we now have the answer Dave Grohl is not a movie star. He's probably never going to be a value add. He's basically possibly an okay cameo, depending on what the movie is. Mm-hmm. But it's clear now he is not a movie star. He's not a put butts in the seats above the title star. Now, we'll get to demos in a second, but as of now, Mm -hmm.
0: Studio 666 is the 15th lowest wide opener in movies that opened in at least 2,000 theaters. It is 1.5, like we said, distributed by Open Road Films. Mm -hmm. Something curious here. Okay. The number 14th, which was right underneath... Studio Six 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 was a movie called Collide. Okay, opened to one point five. Also distributed by
1: Open Road Films in twenty seventeen in February of twenty seventeen. So four five years ago, basically to the weekend. In number thirteen,
0: mm-hmm. Rock the Casbah, a famous Bill Murray bomb. Yes, that came out very very came out very close to Gem, which was also is also on this list. This film opened to one point four million dollars. And it was distributed by
1: Open Road Films. Yeah, it's it's rough for them. You don't. This is not the list that a studio wants to be in over and over again. Especially when they're a studio that, you know, it's one thing to have Warner Brothers have a few releases in here because Warner Brothers is also going to say, okay, well, look at the top hundred opening weekends of all time. We have a bunch of those, so mm-hmm. whatever. You know, some good, some bad, but Open Road Films. Is not going to have any movies that opened in the top 100 of all time. You don't want to be on only the bad lists. Absolutely. And speaking of Gem of the Holograms, it
0: is number 12 at 1.3 million, and it opened the same exact weekend as Rock the Casbah. I thought they were very close.
1: They were same weekend. This was a Universal Pictures film. And one thing about this list on Box Office Mojo of the worst wide openings of all time, they're also counting a bunch of 2020 re-releases in there, which, I mean, they have Toy Story 2020 re-release as the number two worst opening of all time, a Saw re-release is four, um, and one other one that I got to strike out of there, a Nightmare Before Christmas 2020 re-release as the 11th worst opening. So those were taken out. Yeah. So basically, take those three out. Studio 666 really has the 12th worst opening of all time. Mm -hmm. So this is pretty bad, but let's just give propers to the movies that Studio 666 could not even get close to in terms of worst openings. Still at number one, worst opening weekend, wide release of all time, is still the Oogie Loves and the Big Balloon Adventure came out in August of 2012 and that opened to $443,000 in over 2,000 theaters. That is still probably a record that can never be broken because we just had a pandemic Mm -hmm. and we had new movies coming out in a time when most movie theaters were closed and – People were trapped in their homes for the most part. And still, none of those releases were able to break the Oogie Loves record.
0: Yeah, because uh, there's number five, Playmobil, a movie that we talked about in this studio. Which,
1: again, is actually number three because we're taking out these re-releases. So, so Playmobil is the third worst opening of all time. That was
0: $656,000. Right. And that was STX. But the thing with that, if we can uh, 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 just uh, rewind, go re- in the
1: in the way back. Machine. Yeah, yeah. That was the noise I was trying to make Yeah, as a rewind. I knew what noise you had in your head.
0: That was variable pricing tickets, yes. which was something that was being tried. At the time, obviously, then it just got thrown out the window because of the pandemic and everything. It was – this is not the time right now to mess with that kind of thing. No, we no. still think variable pr- variable pricing can work. Oh, definitely. But this was one of the reasons Playmobil, I think, did so bad is because who knows how much – there would be places that people paid 50 cents for a ticket. Exactly. We don't know because we don't yeah. know the breakdown. We'd love to know the breakdown. Yeah. But then right under that is – King's Daughter, The King's Daughter, the which made – The in Brosnan movie from a couple of months ago. Which actually was filmed in 2014. Right. Made 723000 And that film, yeah, I mean, that was Gravitas Ventures, which we said – you, if it's Gravitas Ventures, why is it even in the theater? Right. Usually those are on Hulu. Yeah,
1: deep into Hulu.
0: Or deep into Amazon. yeah. So those are relatively – and then Profile's a relatively new film, and that was the one that was the captured on the computer screen terrorist film. Remember that? Right, right. Which we said was not going to do well, and we were right Right. because of the fact that it came out May 14th, 2021, and people were not into something that dark. But that
1: opened – $730,000. $730,000. So, all to say, Studio 6'6, 12th worst wide release opening of all time, but it still couldn't even come near the heavy, all time heavy hitters, the Oogie Loves, Playmobil, the movie, King's Daughter. It, it, it couldn't sniff those. Those are records that are probably never going to be broken. Joe DiMaggio's 56 game hitting streak, Ted Williams batting 400. Oogie Loves is the lowest opening of all time. Th- those are records that will, you know, when the aliens take over and humans are gone, those records will still stand.
0: Absolutely. And I think that is good for this film? Because it was always kind of a lark. That's a thing. And it got bigger than I think Dave and the band expected Mm -hmm. and released more. They wanted to just do something low budget and then Open Road must have said, hey, let's put a couple million into this. Right. He's been doing the talk shows. He was on James Corden. He did Hot Ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he was promoting this. This was not a film that wasn't being promoted. He's proud of it. But the issue is Mm -hmm. there's that sort of promotion And then there's commercials. Right. There's blanketing all of America with commercials for this movie every ad break. Right. And Open Road just didn't have the money to do that. And that's why this film did what it did.
1: Right, right, right. It it does show that you could go on as many popular internet talk shows as there are. And you could do as many podcasts as as you want. It is still not the same as putting commercials on during uh, NCAA basketball. Absolutely. You know, during pro wrestling, during, um, you know, uh, the news or whatever it is people watch on TV. That's still the way that people get their information, not from hot ones. And why did
0: Dave Grohl not participate in the Rumble, the WWE Royal
1: Rumble, or... -hmm. At least set up a match for WrestleMania. That's what Johnny Knoxville did, and Jackass Forever continues to hold really well at the box office. I mean, but Jackass Forever also had a lot of television commercials. You know, it does. This all shows that you got to have your grassroots stuff, you got to find your interesting ways of promoting your movies, but. TV commercials are still the main way that people know any information in their day-to-day life. Americans get their information from TV commercials. Studio 666 didn't have TV commercials, so the information really wasn't out there. Hot Ones is great. A lot of people get their information from Hot Ones, but not as many as need to to push a movie.
0: So let's look at some percentages here. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes, 56%. So that's the, actually higher than I thought it would be.
1: So the, that's the tomato score for 666? 666. Okay.
0: 56 is high for this, Yeah, I feel like. But the exit poll is 66% positive, 46% recommend. That is very low.
1: That's low, and that's surprisingly low because the box office is so low mm-hmm. that you would think— The who, hardcores. Right. You would think whoever went to go see it at a—you know, it's so few people went to see Studio 666 that you would think they are the ones who are inclined to like it no matter what because you would just think it's just Foo Fighters fans. Yes. or Or like, well, you know what it could have been? I mean, we haven't seen this movie— but you also might have had an audience that went to see it thinking this was, I'm going to go see a horror movie. And we haven't seen this, but my gut is this is a horror comedy. And it's a probably a goofy horror comedy with people who are not actors. They are rock stars. They're mm-hmm. not actors. So it might have been horror fans who went and then were just disappointed that it's a comedy starring rock stars. I've heard the gore is great when it's practical; mm-hmm. it's bad when it's CGI,
0: which is always the case. And the humor is sophomoric, okay, in a, in a in a bad way, and not in a way that is we're poking fun at how mm-hmm. broy this is. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean maybe there's a extra layer of irony that I'm not getting, and maybe reviewers aren't getting. Mm-hmm. But that has been. What we've heard. So if you know anybody who's seen this movie or if you've seen this film and you you know the reasons why, let us know.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I think it does come down to this was a movie and Dave Grohl is a musician and not a movie star. Mm-hmm. And there have – you know, he's not Lady Gaga. No. I mean Lady Gaga was a rock star, yeah. you know, a pop star who – transitioned immediately into being a movie star. But she also, her first big movie was opposite a movie star. Yes, You know, it was Lady Gaga's second bill to Bradley Cooper. If Dave Grohl really wanted to make a run at being a movie star, which it seemed like he didn't. This, like you said, was a lark. But if Dave Grohl really wanted to make a run at it in the movies, he probably should have started by playing second bill to a Bradley Cooper or a Tom Holland or a Jay Law you know a movie yeah. a movie star
0: yes people who rock stars who really want to become movie stars like Sting mhm or Gene Simmons mhm or Art Garfunkel mhm they try to put themselves in projects with real actors yes and like you said he did not do that yeah the only other movie i think he's been in was a movie that this is comped to mm-hmm. because
1: I think it was Jeff Bach at Exhibitor Relations Cow. He did he he put this comp out there on Twitter and it 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 makes total sense that he said this the best comp for Studio Six 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 is the Tenacious D movie from two thousand six two thousand six Wow so that was Pick Tenacious, of Destiny where it is basically a rock band. As a real rock band, even though Tenacious D has always been a comedy parody band, but mm-hmm. they were a band who had a movie built around them.
0: Yes, about their origin. I do believe Dave Grohl reprised his role as the devil in this film. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I can double check that. But this opened to $3.2 million dollars. $3. In eleventh place. And this in two thousand six. In two thousand six. This and that is the height of Jack Black is going to be
1: a huge movie star. Is that the height, or is that maybe a little bit of his downturn? But it's definitely he definitely had been a full on movie star at that point, unlike Dave Grohl. Jack Black was a was a known movie quantity. Yeah. When the Tenacious D movie came out. A few
0: movies that beat out Tenacious D in the box office this weekend, which was November twenty fourth, right, like two things, two numbers above it, was Bobby, that opened wider and added a bunch of theaters. You remember that movie about Bobby Kennedy directed by Emilio Estevez? Yes, that film opened. In its second weekend, it was a wide open.
1: Wow, that's made so four point eight. Happened.
0: Stranger than fiction, the Will Ferrell yeah. bomb. Yeah, that was in its. It beat
1: Tenacious D in its third weekend. Yeah, that's it, listen. The Tenacious D movie was a huge disaster, and that had a movie star in it. You know, Jack Black was a movie star. Dave Grohl. Not a movie star. I don't think this really affects him going forward. It's not going to affect his ability to do, you know, summer stadium tours, team up with Green Day, anything like that. That's also going to be on track, I'm sure. He'll be
0: fine. It'll yeah. just be a goof. He'll play it off as a goof. Yes. Yeah. He said it was a. It, it's a goddamn goof. Yeah. Now let's look at these demos here. Guys, fifty-eight percent. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That's actually a little low. Mm -hmm. 53% were between 25 and 44. Okay. 73% between 18 and 44. Okay. Now, here's the diversity. 69% Caucasian. Yeah. 18% Latino and Hispanic. 3% Black. 10% Asian.
1: Yeah. So, basically... Basically, the takeaway there is most of the people who went to see it were white dudes in their 30s. Yes, which is
0: the Foo Fighters demo.
1: Yeah, that tracks. But they didn't like it.
0: But they didn't like it. If they don't like it, no one's going to like it. Exactly, and that's the issue with Studio 666. I mean, this thing falls off a cliff next weekend. Yes, 100%. There's no way it doesn't. So let's then go to Cyrano. Cyrano. A movie we both knew was not going to reach the top five because it was only released in 797 theaters.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the big takeaway here is this was a fully botched release Mm -hmm. by – is this MGM UA? Is that who released it? Yeah, UAR. Yeah. I mean, it's a fully botched release. It basically is a movie that should have come out, I mean, in December probably. Yeah. And it the release of this movie didn't just screw up its box office. It screwed up its chances at Oscar nom, nom, noms.
0: Because this box office is atrocious. $1.4 million. This, this is a
1: 2021 movie mm-hmm. because it, it opened in just enough theaters in December re, limited release to qualify for Oscar consideration. It got no nom, nom, noms. They screwed up getting Peter Dinklage a best actor nom, nom, nom. This movie needed to open last year and do some good business in order to get him the best actor, nom, nom, nom. And then once it got no nom, nom, noms, no one was going to see it in the theater because it's a movie from last year that didn't get Oscar nom, nom, noms. It should have, and we've heard this from many people, mm-hmm. and not just experts,
0: but uh, wannabeo boys, wannabeo girls, and wannabeo people. people. This should come out on Valentine's. They should have released this on Valentine's Day, if, if, they, if anything.
1: Yeah. If, if they weren't going to put it out last December in a big way, then why would you put it out two weeks after Valentine's Day? Because according to the numbers, this thing's been hanging around for 11 weeks. Jesus. So
0: what? What's hap- what, is, what is happening with this yeah. film? It's made 1.4, like we said. It, it, it's – Let's see if we can find
1: some demos. I mean, it's got a good fresh rating. That doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm sure it's a good movie, but at this point, people look at this movie and think it came out 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and, and it might have a good fresh rating, but people look at this movie, and they know it's an Oscar play, and they know it's an Oscar play that didn't get any nom-nom-noms. Yeah. I'm not seeing demos, but I think at this low of a It might be hard to track demos when, when a movie makes this little Yeah. You know, this few theaters, you're just not going to have the people who have the enough surveys to, you know, to go out. It's not worth it. It's, exactly. It's,
0: it's too much walking in between people. Right. In the theater, it's just
1: like too far to tra- tra- traverse. So, I mean, this movie's DOA. I'm sure it'll be on streaming at some point. I'm sure it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you heard in a few places is people were surprised it was a musical. Yes. And we've heard from a very reputable source. Yes. From that, from yes, from a friend of the show. That Peter Dinklage raps. Yes. Yes. And there's
0: nothing wrong with rap as an art form, but I think it's unexpected in
1: this scenario. Because it was I Listen, I don't know everything about the Cyrano story, but I'm pretty sure it takes place in the past in a time before rap Mm -hmm. existed. I mean, listen, there is uh, nothing against rap to say that there was a time before rap. Yeah. And if Cyrano takes place in a time before rap and then Cyrano raps, it's going to startle you. Mm -hmm. You're in an audience. You might not be disgusted by it, but you will be startled. But Hamilton— that was a, that, that, that that was before rap. It was a time before rap, but that was a movie that or uh, I mean it was never a movie. It was a uh, a play that was filmed for streaming. But that was a property in which everyone knew going in it was all rap. Yes, I think the problem with having rap in Sierano is that if it's not all rap, it needs to be no rap. I agree with that. you know, I agree with that. You could do rap. In times before rap, but then it's gotta be about the rap and it's gotta be all rap. Mm-hmm. Um and then you're advertising it as come see Cyrano, come see rap and CRNO. And that's the e- name of the movie. E- exactly,
0: yeah. And and CRNO has to be in spray paint.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, it's in the spray paint font. And and, and CRNO is like bursting out of like a brick wall or something. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't do that, so People are surprised when he has his rap number.
0: Yeah. It, it, it had to be promoted like Bullworth, and it wasn't. Yes, yes,
1: yes. That, it's the rare time uh, any box office analyst will ever say the reason this movie failed is it wasn't promoted the same way as Bullworth. Absolutely.
0: Now, let's, is there anything in this top 10 that we haven't covered now? It's not in front of you. I don't think so, there's anything other I'm, than
1: do you want to talk about Marry Me? No, marry me is at what twenty million total. I mean, it's a it's it's a giant bomb. Yeah, it's it's so much lower than we would have predicted at this point. It really, really is a bomb. I think, you know, it's it'll always be hard to dis to unentangle the uh, the peacock day and day streaming aspect of it from how it would have done if that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's a bomb. I mean, I think the one thing I want to throw out there is Scream. At number 10? Is at what? Almost 80 million?
0: 79.2.
1: So here's something I'm going to throw out there. Love it. And I know that we've talked about divvying up the cash for Spider-Man No Way Home when it finally hits $800 million domestic. Mm-hmm. I, though, think the more interesting thing to divvy up in these next few weeks is We should divvy up the money for Scream. Who deserves that when Scream hits 80 million domestic?
0: Okay, which is going to be next
1: week. So, yeah, either next week or the week after. I mean, next week could be a packed show because it's going to be the opening weekend of the Batman. But before we're done with the last word on Scream, I do think needs to be us divvying up the numbers because that movie, Scream 5, Five Cream, Scream 2022 is a huge success, and now that it's going to get over 80, that is so much better than anyone other than us. We always knew it would be a hit, but anyone else thought that it would get to. that. I mean, it's an unqualified major success. And they've squeezed all the juice
0: out of this berry because it's in its seventh weekend, mm-hmm. and it's still not on – pvod yeah I, I well it might actually it might be available to buy on pvod but it's, but it's not, not on available paramount plus
1: it's not on paramount plus and it's a great strategy because the day they finally drop that on paramount plus and the day they paramount finally drops jackass forever on paramount plus those movies will be so much more enticing to subscribers because they were such huge hits in the theater mm-hmm. you know i do think this is a lesson of let these movies make as much as they can in theatrical because they'll be so much more of a draw when they do hit your streaming service as opposed to something like marry me which just sits there on peacock as a known failure in the in the theaters yeah as yeah. opposed to scream 5 5 cream which When it gets to Paramount+, Plus, it's going to be an event because this movie will have made over $80 million domestic. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think there's going to be so many people that I think
1: get a little piece and get their beak wet. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. We'll do that in the next few weeks. But I think we got to move on to predictions. And we can't promise anything other than batman talk next weekend because the opening weekend is coming up for the batman it opens this friday march 4th this is definitely the biggest theatrical event since spider-man no way home in december Uh uh-huh um it's the biggest warner brothers movie that we're gonna have had in a couple of years you know because they kind of Dulled the edges on all their 2021 releases by putting them on HBO Max. This Ma- is Matrix, Dune. Yep. Yeah. N- none of those had a
0: chance to be as big as this, I don't feel like.
1: Probably not, but this is the first time in a long time that a Warner Brothers release is going to feel like a true, proper, gigantic event. It's not going to be on HBO Max, theaters only. And You know, the big question on this movie is how high can it go? Yeah, so tracking
0: right now is—and this is from Box Office Pro—anywhere between 130 and 170 opening. Mm -hmm. Now, these—this has gone down. The tracking has actually gone down, according to them, 10%. Wow. So— people are not as high on this as they initially were and i you know uh, i was saying before maybe this maybe this does 200 i mean it, we're, listen we're just you're just throwing stuff out i'm not on mic i'm just throwing out crazy crazy stuff you're on mic now just to let thank you, know. you so much and that's why i am not saying this is going to go over 200 because of many reasons Number one, being a Batman movie never has right And the Batman movie that would have or could is a is a Batman that has the Joker in it. No Batman movie that doesn't have the Joker in it is going to make over 200 million dollar opening
1: mm hmm mm-hmm. you,
0: you just can't it just you just it just won't because right. Batman in itself is not, as big of an IP as any of the Marvel big hitters, mm-hmm. and it's it's really more about the Joker when it comes to the Batman. People
1: want to see Batman and Joker. That's what they want to see. They want to see them together. I mean, the Joker, when the Joker had his own movie, when Joker had Joker, mm-hmm. he didn't hit hundred. He did hit ninety something. Ninety six point two. And we've talked many times on this show. The biggest movie stars in the world are Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, and Joker and himself. Joker. And Tom Holland, you know, someday maybe he's in that conversation. Tom Cruise is up there, all that. But those are your your upper echelon is, is Leo and Joker. And even Joker himself didn't hit 100 in his own movie. And I think that, uh, you know, it's oh, – there's DC fans and MCU fans. We obviously are, would never pick a side. We're BO fans. But the DC fans do have to just accept that as of right now, even their biggest properties are not as popular as the MCU properties. Yes. Batman is not Spider-Man. No. Like, maybe we have to just minor cut the shit moment right here. And we have to cut the shit. And just let all the 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 people know, Batman is not Spider-Man.
0: Batman is not Spider-Man. This movie cannot compete with this past Spider-Man because this is not three Batmans. Right. There's right. not going to be three Batmans in this.
1: Right. There will be one Batman who will be played by Robert Pattinson, who is, I think you know, a fine choice for this. I don't know how much Robert Pattinson really adds to the box office to this. You know, I don't think he's Tom Holland in the sense that Tom Holland makes Spider-Man an even bigger hit than it would be. I don't think Robert Pattinson really does that. I think people like him. I think he's become an indie movie darling. Guys like him a lot more than they used to because of things like uh, uh, Good Time, you know, in his indie movie work. He maybe still Cosmopolis. Right. And he maybe still has some residual young female love from the Twilight movies, though that audience has aged. That audience has aged into the
0: age group Mm -hmm. that is not going to the theaters. Or
1: that have moved on to Channing Tatum. Well, that is true. I mean, that is true. I do think a lot of Twilight teens and tweens are going back to the theater right now to see Dog because they went from Twilight to Magic Mike and now, you know, Channing is their guy. Yes, And, and I don't know if Robert has retained them. But honestly, that doesn't matter. I mean, it really, the history of the Batman franchise has shown that the person who's playing Batman isn't going to be determining how well the movie does. I True. mean, obviously, Michael Keaton made those movies great and you needed him to be great in the role to restart the whole idea of Batman as a movie franchise. Mm-hmm. But we've never had Tom Cruise as Batman. We've never had Will Smith as Batman. We've never had Tom Hanks as Batman. It's never the, the movie star being the draw. It's yes. the IP itself. Yeah, the biggest star stars
0: in the world have never put on that cowl.
1: Right. When Christian Bale played Batman in the Nolan series he was coming off of American Psycho. He was like Pattinson. He was an indie movie. He was a, it is interesting, the last big, I mean, I know Ben Affleck played Batman in the Snyder movies, but realistically, the last Batman that top-lined his own movies was Bale. And like Pattinson, he was a child star who then graduated to indie movie darling, dark indie movies. And then from that, got batman as his first real shot at box office well
0: newsies was never as big as twilight
1: no no but
0: don't tell that to
1: newsy heads right listen the to the girls of when new you know newsies came out newsies was was as heartthroberific as twilight was yes 10 years later
0: now, let's look a little bit of the history of the Batman franchise mm-hmm. at the box office. I don't think we need to go over Batman, Batman Returns, Forever, and Batman and Robin, only because they're not really w- in the modern box office
1: era. Well, if Batman 89 was – was uh, we recalibrate it with inflation, it would be much higher up on the list. I mean, Batman 89 was – a transformative box office event. Yes. You know, when we've talked off mic about some possible projects down the road and just tease us out there, you know, one possible project is looking at that transformative summer of 89 because the Tim Burton Batman 89 is something that you really can't point to that changed movies, changed box office. It was such a huge hit, made comic book movies viable but yeah, in pure numbers, it 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 seems low compared to the ones we're gonna talk about. But if you change it for inflation, it's like up at the tippy top. Absolutely. And
0: we but we don't
1: do, we don't do the that.
0: adjustment we don't for adjust inflation. inflation. No. We
1: just don't do it. No. We give you the context and you move on.
0: So let's start with Batman Begins, which was the first Nolan. And this only opened to forty eight. Yeah. Because the expectations were low. People didn't know what this was going to be. Again, like you said, Bale was a guy coming off of American Psycho. Mm -hmm. Nolan had never done anything like this. And it ended up at 205.3 million domestic, Mm -hmm. which was nice. Then 2008. So that was in 2005, Mm -hmm. June 15th, 2005. July 18th, 2008. This film opens to $158.4 million. This is The Dark Knight. Wow. Legs out to 533.7 domestic. It's a monster. Yep. It's a monster and it's a cultural – it, 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 it the cultural impact of this film is huge. It's, it's as big or bigger than its box office.
1: Yes. But who was in that movie?
0: Joker. Joker is in The Dark Knight. The first Oscar win for Joker. Yes. And not the last. No. So then we have July 20th, same corridor as the last one, but in 2012, this is The Dark Knight Rises, Opened to 160, and then legged out to 448. So this movie actually made a – it's a billion-dollar baby. It Mm -hmm. made a billion dollars –
1: Dark Knight just missed billion dollar baby status. Right, but but domestically, The Dark Knight Rises was a decrease compared to Dark Knight. Absolutely, and that had uh, varying factors.
0: And uh, I mean, we, I
1: think China box office was at play and all yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, in, but in
0: the domestic, in the yeah, domestic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there was you know there was a bad thing that happened in the opening night that maybe dimmed that opening weekend. Mm-hmm. So uh, the thing about these movies is, even at the height of the cultural zeitgeist, mm-hmm. the highest this a Batman movie, a true Batman movie's ever opened is 160. Because we do have to talk a little bit about March 25th, 2016, mm-hmm. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Justice, yeah, which opened to 166, mm-hmm. but
1: only legged out to 330. Yeah, that's really bad. I mean, that's a movie that people did not like. Mm-hmm. And it it really, it might show us what Batman's opening weekend ceiling is because you had Batman v. Superman. And it's not Batman v. Joker. No. But it's Superman, who is very well known. Yes. High Q score and even that couldn't get higher than 166 million which is huge mhm but it's not top mcu level no you know it's not it's basically captain america civil war type level yeah, and when you think about it,
0: this was a which I
1: think came out around that time. Is it, that I think it came out was that like the f- big battle
0: four because that was the big thing was right. civil war was done to say f you to to DC right right because it's like if you're gonna put two of your biggest uh, superheroes together, we're putting two of our biggest together. Right, which right. was I mean all the MCU, but Iron Man versus Captain America right, was right. what that movie was. Now, this movie, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, was a Superman sequel, basically. Mm-hmm. And the first Batman movie that they'd done in the Snyderverse.
1: Yes. It was I mean it's your first Batman since the Nolan movies. Yeah. So
0: those two things only adding up to 166 opening, and then only adding up to a cum of 330 mm-hmm. domestic, is
1: abysmal. Right. I mean, I think the cum we throw out in terms of predicting the opening weekend of the Batman because Batman v Superman was a movie that everyone knew was going to be bad. It turned out to be bad. No one liked it. No one liked the Snyder movies, mm-hmm. even with the Snyder cut. No, no one likes those movies. And so the cume is a separate story, but the opening weekend of 166, it might tell us that there just is a ceiling for Batman movies. Now, I think we have to look at it in terms of this coming weekend. Yes. Which means I think right now is a better spot for a Batman movie to open then when Batman v. Superman opened in, was that 2015 you said? It was 2016. 2016. Because people right now want huge movies more than they have in a long time because people are dying for an excuse to go to the movies. Yes. They're not dying for a small nudge. They're dying for a huge reason, like the Spider-Man No Way Home. They want to be given that reason to go. And so I do think Batman being just as big of a release as it is, is going to make it a huge event. Yes. Um, and so 166 being the ceiling, I think that ceiling could be smashed. Just because of the fact that people really want to go to the movies right now. Whereas when Batman v Superman came out, or even the Dark Knight movies came out, going to the movies was something people loved to do, but it wasn't something that felt like a cause. You know, right now I feel like people going to the movies feels like not a cause, but like a. The, the going is a draw on top of the movie itself.
0: Yeah, I, I do think, though, the thing that Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice and the Nolan movies had mm-hmm. was a vision of a director that is a household
1: name. Well, Nolan wouldn't have been a household name, though, when the first uh, – You're right. But, when Batman Begins but, came out. But, but by the time but, Dark Knight that's did. That's what I'm talking yeah.
0: about. By the time Dark Knight did. Yeah. Because think about it. After Begins, he had Inception. Right. So, which was gigantic. Right. So the when we got into the 160s, that was because – or the 150s and the 160s, that is because Nolan was – A name director that people liked things he had done.
1: He was a a movie star. He was on his way to being a movie star director by the time that movie comes. By the time Dark Knight comes out, he's an above the title name. And Snyder also had
0: his acolytes, the people who would follow him off the cliff like lemmings. Right. Matt Reeves is the director of this film. Of the Batman. Of the Batman. Who's most known for, I mean, he did... Direct Cloverfield, but that's, I don't think that really matters, although that was a very big hit for as little as it cost. Mm -hmm. So that opened to 40 in 2008, and then The Domestic was 80. For that movie, was great. Now, he does the second film in the new Planet of the Apes trilogy, which is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is the biggest of all of the movies. Mm -hmm. Opened to 72- In July 2014, Mm -hmm. domestic box office 208. Big hit. Big hit. But then 2017, the last film he's directed, War for the Planet of the Apes, opened to 56, only made $146.8 million in its domestic run. Not a well-liked movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, Matt Reeves, he is definitely not a movie star director. He's not at above the, the – and you see it in the advertisements. You're not seeing a film by Matt Reeves in the trailers for the Batman. You're He's not. a non-factor. But that's what I'm saying is that the
0: fact that they can't promote that mm-hmm. dings it for me. I mean, even the
1: original uh, uh Batman series. Tim Burton. You had – Tim Burton going into that movie was a – name that was part of the promotion. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim Burton directing Batman 89 was part of the the package. And you could say that had a Tim Burton aesthetic. You right. could say the Nolan
0: movies had a Nolan aesthetic. The Snyder movies had a Snyder aesthetic. Right. This does not look like his apes movie. This aesthetic is my chemical romance. This aesthetic is weirdly emo and mm-hmm. dark in a way that I do think culture is moving back to the like when you even you look at the fonts mm-hmm. on the posters, that's some um, late '90s, early 2000s sort of
1: new metal looking
0: stuff. Right, right. Is and
1: porn on the soundtrack for the Batman? It,
0: it, I mean, it could. I mean, that's the thing is that I might be too uh, too much of an oldster to understand how much people will resonate with that look right right. to me it feels old but i but i think young people could like it so that's one of the things i'm kind of on the fence about i actually even though you know i was throwing out 200 i think i'm lower
1: on this than you are yeah okay well i mean are you low low end where this is a movie that's going to open at 120 or 130 because to me at this point i don't think so i I think like i mean we both agree at this point this is o- opening for sure over 100. Oh, yeah. And I think it's in that 130 to 170 range. What is the disaster? I mean, not that there's a real disaster line, but what is, what is the line where if the Batman opens below this, it is, we're out here next week spitting fire, you know. Under 100. Take, uh, under 100 for sure. I mean, I guess low hundreds at this point is disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Batman opens at 117, Three-day, we're probably coming out here next week spitting fire on it. And, and I think and, Warner
0: Bro- Brothers is being conservative and saying 115-plus is what they're seeing. But, but that's that, what studios they, always They always know. do because they don't want to have a poo on their face. Right, right. The, I think the consensus is that this is probably going to go somewhere between 130 and 150. I think one seventy is high, but you seem to think it's gonna bust that one sixty something
1: window. Yeah, I mean I'm in the end, and I do see all the reasons why this could go low because, you know, Pattinson doesn't really add much star power to it. The director doesn't. The aesthetic is is not you know, the I'm listening to all the negatives here, but like the aesthetic of the Nolan films was a nice change up from the Schumacher films that had just directly preceded it. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Snyder movies and now this, the Batman version, they all seem like they're not doing anything different than what we've gotten out of Batman in the last 15 years. They all seem like versions of the Nolan movies. And this feels almost like a parody of darkness. Yeah. I mean, listen, the movie has those elements that you could on the surface say are going to ding it. And again, cut the shit, Batman is no Spider-Man. It's not going to do it's not going to do 200. I'm not even flirting with that. But I do feel like when you look at the overperformance of some of these movies we've had the last couple of months and you look at just how wild Spider-Man No Way Home has gone, there is a hunger. A the- hunger The fans hunger. The fans hunger for big events at the movie theater. And it's the biggest event that we've had at the movie theater since Spider Man opened in December. And so I do just think the movie fans are going to feast this weekend. And even if they have their hangups about it, even if the movie fan is thinking, ah, you know, this Batman movie doesn't look much different than the Nolan movies. And Pattinson is in a big deal, and who the hell is this director? He's no Tim Burton. He's no Noel. All that stuff. I think in the end, their buddies are going to say, oh, what "The fuck, come on, let's just go see The Batman. It's a big movie. Let's see it. Mm-hmm. Let's see Let's Yeah, let's see it. Let's see who's here in the theater with us. Yeah. And the Joker is not in this movie. But but I think the a lot of movie fans are going to think back to Batman Begins Which, at the end of that movie, the big tease was: here's the Joker card. Joker is going to be in the next movie, and I do think that Joker is such a big star that even the possibility that this the Batman movie will have a Easter egg hinting at the Joker coming soon is going to be enough to draw a lot of people in. You know, even if it doesn't happen. There will be a certain percentage of people that will go see this movie hoping that there is a tease that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is going to be in a future movie. Well, do
0: you think that if there was a Joker card at the end of this movie, don't you think that would have been leaked by now?
1: I don't know. I mean, reviews have started coming out. I personally haven't been trying to get spoilers for it. There's also this situation where who knows if they're withholding you know, that type of scene from the review screenings. True, they could definitely do that. There could be a stinger involving Joker that is just not going to be put into the prints until the movie releases on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. Um, So no, I I don't think it's necessarily that it would have leaked if Joker's in it. And even just us talking about this right now, that's what's going on uh, around kitchen tables across America. Yes. You know, Joker possibly being in the Batman, that is a kitchen table issue. It's also an in-between bong hits issue. Yes, yes, which often happens at kitchen tables. Yes. And so I think even that is going to be a factor that makes this an event. So I am going... Possib- I'm going to go with it's going to be the biggest Batman opening weekend of all time in that it's gonna beat Batman v Superman and I'll just say it gets to 170. All right. That's
0: that's that's big. And you know what? I hope it does. I mean we've been surprised with how big Spider-Man No Way Home opened. We've mm-hmm. been surprised how big Uncharted opened. Mm-hmm. It seems like these big movies have been hitting. Right. And of course, Uncharted not as big as Batman, but the upward slope right? It does bear well for this film, but
1: I'm still going to go 159. Okay, so you're thinking it opens lower than both Dark Knight Rises' opening weekend and lower than Batman v Superman's opening yeah. weekend.
0: Uh, yes, yeah. I think I think it's more along the lines of Dark Knight.
1: So I mean, that's still that's still huge. That's still pretty huge. I mean, as much as I thought you were going to go low, low one fifty nine would be a unqualified success for this opening weekend. No one's unhappy about that. Yeah, I think I think if this movie opens one thirty or less, there is some there's there there's disappointment Mm -hmm. at this point. Um, anything higher than 130, you can't be upset about the opening weekend.
0: Now, do you want to do your top five? I know you can't see.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go top five. The Batman, number one, of course. Uncharted, number two. Dog, number three. Spider-Man, number four. And was Jackass. So the was, So Death on the Nile was
0: number 4 at 4.5 okay. and then Jackass was 5 at
1: 3.1. And then what was number 6? Sing 2 at 2.1. So then I guess it's got to be Death on the Nile. I don't see Jackass Forever making that kind of jump and Death on the Nile just added theaters so it's probably not going to lose all of its theaters this weekend. Yeah. And the the thing is Jackass Forever that's a fan base that is going to go see the Batman. Yes. That that is a young male, uh, 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 you know, if if New Metal fans are going to go see a movie this weekend, they're going to go see the Batman over Jackass Forever. So, yeah, I guess Death on the Nile number five. The only
0: thing, I agree completely with that, the only thing that could possibly happen is that Spider-Man drops because it's another superhero movie. But... It's Marvel versus DC. So if anything, I feel like the MCU contingent are going to try to show up right. and push Spider-Man up the right. charts to say, screw you, DC. Right. right. Marvel's the
1: best. Right. And, and I think, like we talked about, the Holland audience is – they're going to come out and there's more of a younger – tween and teen girl fan base that is still going to go see Spider-Man again this weekend and still going to go see Uncharted this weekend. Yes. So
0: that's, I think, mine's the same, that the Batman is number one with $159 Mm -hmm. million and pushes just everything down.
1: Yeah. They all stay in the same position. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a huge weekend. Next week's episode is just going to be a can't miss. Yes. And... I'm just going to tease it because it hasn't been confirmed because I, I was talking to him just just today. Okay. And it can't be confirmed because he knows with the Batman opening, his schedule is going to be chaotic. Yes. But we may have a very special guest helping us analyze next weekend. I mean, I'll, I'll say his name, but again, I can't promise you this because this man's schedule is – Cannot be predicted right now. Scott Mendelson of Forbes wants to do the show next week, really wants to be here to analyze the opening weekend of the Batman. We're going to try and make it happen, but he's going to be out there reporting, you know, boots on the ground. The B.O. boys are going to have a chaotic schedule dealing with the Batman's opening week. We're going to try and make it happen. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that happens. Yes. But you can't sue us if it doesn't.
0: Yes, we, you can't sue us if any of our predictions don't come to fruition, no, no. Now we do have to get to something really quick, yes, something that you teased at the beginning of this show.
1: Yes. So is we have contest. a contest, yes. yeah. so Clayton, um this is, I think the biggest opportunity any of our wanna be boys, want be girls, wanna be people, people have had in the entire history of this show. Clayton, you right now are looking for what we call in the States a roommate. A roommate, yes. They call it a flatmate elsewhere. In the States, we call it a roommate. You're looking for a roommate. And, you know, you could you could go out there and you could look for a roommate on Craigslist, on Backpage, on any number of listing websites. But we thought... Why not use this opportunity to possibly make one of our listeners' dreams come true? So, starting now, we are going to open up our first annual "Want to Be a Roommate" contest. Roommate. roommate. So, Clayton, why don't you just say, in a, a few words, what you're looking for in a roommate? Well, first off,
0: mm-hmm. somebody who is Nice, yes. somebody who is clean. Yes. No smoking, mm-hmm. no pets. No pets of any kind. Now, foot down on that.
1: hmm hmm
0: No exceptions. None. Not even a fish.
1: No, not even a fish. That's a fi- That says more about a person's character even than just the fish itself. Exactly. And that fish is just fishing
0: for permission to buy a cat or a dog. Right. It's a gateway pet. It absolutely is. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for, obviously, the things that you need. Somebody who can pay their rent on time. Right. Somebody who is prompt when I ask them, hey, cable bill, internet bill. Right, right, right. Electricity. Right. We're splitting this. Come on, let's do this. Right, right. People that show up at my door with a check without me asking.
1: Yes. I mean, that's ideal in any partnership is just showing up with a check. And- we don't have to be friends. No. But the reason why we're
0: making this a contest is because this, for one lucky listener, mm-hmm. will be the opportunity to see behind the scenes, mm-hmm. to hear the B.O. boys record right. at least one side. Right. You will get early info right. through me
1: speaking, Right. not through Pat. Right. Well, this is when... You know, right now we're in studio, but we're going to be a mix of in-studio and virtual recordings. Yes. So when we're recording virtually, that means that you, Clayton, will be recording out of the apartment where this contest winner will be living. Mm-hmm. Not out of their room. You'll be in your room. Let, let's also make this clear. This is a- Separate room
0: situation. Yeah.
1: Not same bad. Yeah. This is This is a two-bedroom apartment with a shared living room. Yes. Shared kitchen. One bathroom, it's not two en-suites. No.
0: And this is in a very prized area in a very popular New York City borough. Yes. Not Staten Island. Yes. Yes. I would never trick anybody into something like that.
1: Yes. So this apartment, we will not disclose the location, but it is in one of the boroughs, a not Staten Island borough.
0: Yes. Now- if you do win this contest, mm-hmm. you will have that privilege of keeping your trap shut for an hour to an hour and a half every Sunday and or Monday
1: mm-hmm.
0: while we record the show.
1: Yeah. And let's be honest, probably closer to an hour and a half because it's summer box office coming yeah. up. And these episodes are going to be jam-packed.
0: And as long as you're quiet, you can ear to the door. Yep. You Gla- pro- provide, your, a- provide your own glasses. Yep. I'm board not providing glass. glasses for you. Yep. But you could put a drinking glass up against the door and listen. Yep. And now, Pat, we haven't t- gone over this, mm-hmm. but if they've shown good behavior, mm-hmm. if they pay all the bills on time without mm-hmm. me asking, mm-hmm. there could be an opportunity. Could be months. Could be a year. Mm-hmm. To meet Pat Stango, the other BO boy, right, in person in a social. Situation. Yes, that is not guaranteed, and not that guaranteed. you do not win that. No, in the initial winning of this contest. No, that no. is not a guarantee. I'm saying no. that right now.
1: It's this is not win dinner with Pat. No, this is want to be a roommate with Clayton. Absolutely.
0: So that's what we're putting out there now. What we want. Mm-hmm. You email us. Yes. Your name. Yes. Just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Where you work, right? Vaguest of financial information, right? Right. I mean, credit score. Credit score is. A, I mean, put that just in. Put your name in the title, and then just put the number of your credit score. Yeah, yeah. People won't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just
1: do that. Yeah, we'll know. We'll yeah. Well, actually, we'll but yeah, because this is coming to both of us. I get to. I have a fifty-fifty say in the winner of this contest.
0: Oh, absolutely because they, so- they may someday socially interact with you. Right. May, not guaranteed. Not, not, not guaranteed. guaranteed. Void were prohibited. Mm-hmm. And th- then uh, what your biggest 5 BO predictions are for 2022. Yeah. So this, this is, is what the, makes it a contest. This is what makes it a contest. The mm-hmm. other things will be taken into account obviously. Mhm. This is where you really can stand out. This is where you can really win this thing. Right. Because if you have the same score or even a less score than somebody who just predicts bullshit. Right. You will have an edge. Right. Five predictions. So whether something does well, whether something does not well, whether, uh, you know, a movie gets pushed. Right. Whether something happens during the release of a film. Like you right. can go as crazy off the board as you right.
1: want. Are all AMCs gonna become Dave and Busters? Exactly. Next year, exactly. Make that prediction. Yes. Any of those, five of those. I need five good predictions. So to sum up then, this is the wanna be a roommate contest. Email us at the podcast at gmail.com. In the subject line, put your name and your credit score. Mm-hmm and then the body of the email put your full name, a little bit about yourself and, you know, what your financial situation is. You don't have to give full details, we'll go no. over that in person, but at least let us know, you know, do you owe people money? You know, yes. if in the, if you real and be honest, if you have no money in the bank and you have a lot of debt, tell us that in the email. Exactly. Because again, that may sound bad, but it could be overlooked if your five predictions for the box office for the next year are really awesome. Yes. So make sure to include five predictions that you're making about the box office the next year because that can override the fact that you have no income, you have a lot of debt.
0: Yeah. You owe some scary
1: people a scary amount of money. Yeah. So it's a huge contest. Want to be a roommate. And like Clayton said, void where prohibited. We're very strict about that. And this contest, you're not eligible to enter this contest if you are a relative of the B.O. boys. Yes. So my mom cannot enter this contest if you want to be a roommate for Clayton. My sister, my nieces, they can't enter. My wife cannot enter. Clayton, your family, your parents cannot enter this. Your sister and and your nephew, none of them could enter this contest. But you know who can? Any wannabeo boy,
0: mm-hmm. wannabeo girl, yes, or wannabeo person, person over the age of 18. Yes. Now, obviously, I'm going to go more towards my age. Right. So, listen, if you're 24,
1: them predictions better be great. Yes, and your credit score has to be good. Yes. Yeah. But if you're a Gen Xer— you know, then maybe you could get away with a lesser credit score because they—that's what makes us a contest. There's so many factors, yes. and you know, we're we're going to sit down and we're going to take everything into account. Absolutely, so, we're not just going to give this privilege out willy nilly. No. So, all our listeners, enter. Even if you have a long-term lease, you have a living situation that that you're you love. This is an opportunity that supersedes. Anything you have going on housing wise right now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure your roommate's doing a podcast, but any Bo boys?
1: No, no. Oh, th- that's the thing. This is a chance for you to get away from a podcast that's being recorded uh, in your apartment right now that you hate, and get into an apartment where the Bo boys is being recorded. Absolutely, because you know your roommate's just doing a podcast with his buddies and just you know chopping it up about. Culture. Right, right. I mean, if you're in an apartment where right now it is just two comedians who every week have a different comedian on as their guest and they're talking about what happened at the comedy shows last night, this is your chance to get away from that, to not be in the other room while that is being recorded. Yes, extricate from – why are you being quiet for that? Right, right. Instead, this is your chance to sit in a room and for an hour to – more likely an hour and a half every week, be quiet while The B.O. Boys is recorded on the other side of a, a wall. I can't think of a
0: higher privilege.
1: So email us, the podcast at gmail.com. Um, one more thing I want to get out there is a plug for a show that I am loving right now. And they just dropped a, a, a new episode looking ahead at the Batman, which a, a lot of people are doing right now. And I liked this show's angle on it. Of course, Wannabe old boy Danny started his podcast, I Screen, You, you scream, scream, you being the the letter U, comma, four for the movies, the, movies. the yeah. number four. Just dropped uh, a great episode where where uh, him and some guests, first episode where he's had guests on, where they're talking about the Batman and the history of the Batman movies, and I think they come at it from a great angle. Danny's doing a, a great job out there, and you know what? Me and him, have, he's he's asked a few times, and and I'm throwing this out there now on a future episode of Ice Cream. You, you scream. scream. No, it's Ice Cream. You, you scream, scream for, for the, the movies. movies. You may hear Bo Boy on that show at some point because. You know, when, when I when I when I see quality like that out there, I I want to be a part of it. And if all goes well for Pat, I might show up there too. You might show up there, and you, the listener, might get to hear these guest spots and be quiet for them if you win the wanna be roommate contest. Yes. So we got a lot going on. We may have a huge special guest next week. There's a lot of podcasts, not a lot, but there's one out there that that I suggest you listen to as part of your preparation for the Batman. You got Jeff Bock at Exhibit Relations Co. on Twitter every day, just spitting a hot fire about the box office. You got Scott Mendelson at Forbes just writing uh, a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, essays every day about the box office. You got Brandon Gray with Box Office Revival. He's out there. Just talking up a storm. Rocking there, the clubhouse. So there is just a lot going on in box office Landia right now. And the Batman's coming out this Friday, March 4th, and things are going to get nuts. Man. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. So with that,
0: there's nothing left to say to no. that other than, and now this is, are we going to fa- go
1: fast or slow? We're going to go, let's go fast. Because we're looking at each other through a spit guard. Yeah. So let's do it. Until next time, we'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it.